the month of Ramadan is coming to an end. <coughs> Three weeks ago, we were saying this is the first Jumu'ah of Ramadan. Right? Maybe a week or so before that, we were preparing for the coming of Ramadan. Now we are saying farewell to Ramadan. And this is the nature of life. Nothing remains eternally. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kullu man alayha fan. Every creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes to an end. And year after year, we always tell ourselves what this Ramadan has gone. It's gone very quickly. And there is only a few days left. You have today and then tomorrow, that is two days. And perhaps Sunday, if Eid is on Monday. And so this is how our life is passing us by. The difference is, when you can see the end, you're more focused. Because you know Eid is around the corner. But we do not know when we are going to die. And so because of that, we're not focused. We think we have more time. Hmm? And so it's important for us to make the most of these last moments of this month. Those of us who have worked hard, worked righteous deeds, <coughs> will receive blessings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they are congratulated by the angels on the day of Eid. And those of us who have not worked so hard, or perhaps have been wanting to, but were held back by circumstances or whatever it is, laziness, we still have these last moments. And a good sign of acceptance of one's deeds is that towards the end of your action, you are doubting yourself and doubting whether your actions and your efforts have been good enough. If you have this, Allah says, وَقُلُوبُهُمْ وَجِلَةٌ أَنَّهُمْ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ رَاجِعُونَ Those who do deeds, while their hearts are fearing that they will return to their lords. Allah says, أُولَٰئِكَ يُسَارِعُونَ فِي الْخَيْرَاتِ وَهُمْ لَهَا سَابِقُونَ They are competing and they are hastening to more good. Because they say, I don't know whether Allah has accepted everything that was done. And so I'm going to do a little more whatever is, is in my ability to do. And so 
instead of us letting our foot off the the pedal because there are only a few few nights left you know two nights left and we've gone through the the 27th night where everybody seems to think this is you know huh? special we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that there is still a possibility of what the 29th night being Laylatul Qadr and so that night should not be should not be wasted the point is we all know we are going to leave and when we are in that grave the only thing that will keep you company is your righteous deeds your good deeds and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us time and time again we've been reading the Quran in Ramadan time and time again he says my promise is true don't be fooled don't be distracted everything you are living in everything that is surrounding you is temporary and it is not real the real life is the life of the hereafter there is no life other than the life of the hereafter Rasulullah would say Allahumma la aisha illa aishul akhirah no life other than the life of the hereafter and so in these last moments of this blessed month two very important things the first one is tawbah and istighfar seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for our shortcomings for our sins and this is how the ibadah should end when we finish salah the first things we say assalamu alaikum assalamu alaikum then we say what astaghfirullah 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 that ya allah we have not done this worship to the best of our ability and even if we have done it to the best of our ability it is not as you deserve and so a lot of istighfar so that the month of ramadan departs and leaves and we are forgiven of our sins and it is not difficult shaitan makes it seem difficult he says to you you've done so much bad and you know, you've a lifetime of sin how is allah going to forgive you the reality is that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking for an excuse to forgive you all of these Salah and wudu and fasting and your sadaqah and your zakah and your hajj you know, All of it is what Allah is looking for A reason to forgive you And the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all encompassing There is no one or no one sin that is outside of the mercy of Allah Unless a person dies as a disbeliever and so tawbah and istighfar are very important you know moments of your day it doesn't have to be a dedicated time but just in your heart ya allah 
you know, I am weak. I have these desires and this nafs <laughs> and all of these distractions in my life. But I am your servant and I believe in you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger says that the best Sayyidul Istighfar, the leader of formulas to seek forgiveness from Allah is what? Allahumma anta rabbi la ilaha illa anta khalaqtani. It's what? Humbling yourself before Allah. Ya Allah, you are my Lord. And I am your servant. You are perfect in every sense. And I am what? Imperfect in every sense. But you have created me. And I am your servant. And I have taken the oath. And I have made the testimony of faith. And I am doing what I can. And what you give me the ability to do. But I know that due to my shortcomings and due to my sins, I can be punished. Rasulullah says in a hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in hadith Qudsi says, أَذْنَبَ عَبْدِي ذَنْبًا فَعَلِمَ أَنَّ لَهُ رَبًّا يَغْفِرُ الذَّنْبَ وَيَأْخُذُ بِالذَّنْبَ A servant commits a sin but knows that he has a Lord that can forgive the sin but also take to task, take a person to task, punish a person for the sin. So he says, أَيَّ رَبِّ اغْفِرْ لِي Oh my Lord, Forgive me. Do not punish me for the sin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I will forgive and I will continue to forgive my servant as long as he turns to me in this manner. And so in our hearts, asking sincerely forgiveness for our sins because these sins are what stands between us and Allah and what stands between us and paradise. Alhamdulillah, because we are believers and we are doing some worship to a certain degree, we're fulfilling the obligations. So what's left is we need to rid ourselves of these, what, of these sins. They are burdensome and they will weigh, he weigh heavy on the day of Qiyamah. They will uh, you know, slow us down when you are traveling through the day of Qiyamah, when you are crossing the bridge of Sirat of, over narrow Jahannam. So this is one thing. The second is Dua. This is a month of mercy and a month of blessing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants blessings in this month more than he does in any other month of the year. And so we do what? We increase our dua. And if we can make a dua after every salah, you know, it's, it's simple, right? We're all praying. We're all praying. After your salah, for three minutes, raise your hands. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his blessings. Say, Allah, I ask you for all your blessings in this life, in the hereafter. Give me the ability to uh, continue worshipping after Ramadan. Give me the ability to 
continue refraining from sin after Ramadan. You know, we achieve amazing things in Ramadan. Think about it. None of us, you know, when the month of Ramadan is approaching, you're thinking, oh, how am I going to do it and work and all of these commitments and... But then the first day comes along and the second day and then you are in, you know, it's on autopilot. You're not even thinking about food and drink and... Right? How many of us give up, you know, bad habits and addictions and all of these things? And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling you that you are able and you are capable. And he makes it an obligation on us so that, because if he didn't, how many of us would fast? <laughs> Think about it. You know, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, okay, fast when you, when you feel like it, if you feel like it. How many of us would fast? <laughs> Very little. Very few people. <laughs> the rest, we just keep telling ourselves we can't do it. This is the people outside. Because there is no faith and no iman. Ask somebody to, what? Huh? All day, no food. No coffee in the morning. No tea, no cigarette. <laughs> how, how? That's not living. You can't live. <laughs> That's impossible. But what happens is, the month comes and you do it. And you've done it for what? Not only one day, not one week. You've done it for four weeks. An entire month. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if you put your will, you can achieve. The problem is that, not even that we don't realize our strengths. We do know our strengths. But we only utilize them when it comes to what? Gains and benefits we see and that are tangible. Dunya. <coughs> in dunya we put in the hours, the effort, everything. When it comes to akhirah we make excuses. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, no, no, actually, you know, the fasting and giving up some of your desires for the sake of Allah is not exclusive to saints and very pious people. You can all do it. You have done it throughout the month of Ramadan. Standing up in worship at night is not only for salihin. You know, we think to ourselves, when you hear, we don't even talk about tahajjud. <laughs> do, we, do we ever talk about tahajjud in our private conversations? Never. Don't talk about tahajjud. What we say, we say, brother, you should pray. <laughs> That's it. If somebody prays, they feel like they've fulfilled all their obligation to Allah. And we think tahajjud is only for, you know, Abu Bakr and Umar and these very nice people. <laughs> right? Righteous people. It's not for me. I'm just a normal person. I pray five times a day. Alhamdulillah, this is enough. But what comes? The month of Ramadan comes and you do it for 30 nights. 29 nights, you are standing up in worship, offering not, you know, two rak'ah, four rak'ah, 20 rak'ah, eight rak'ah, 13 rak'ah, and then tahajjud on top before Salatul Fajr, and you're coming and you're attending in the masjid. <laughs> and so we want to, uh, that the month of Ramadan leaves us and we retain some of these, some of these actions and some of these habits that we have built. And so for that, we need to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because if it, if it is a case of just, you know, worshipping in Ramadan, and then Ramadan comes to an end, we will just go back to our old ways, then alhamdulillah, we'll have gained some reward, but we would not have benefited from Ramadan as, as we should. And on the day of Qiyamah, we'll, we will regret it. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rasulullah says, that I am, I am working hard holding you back from falling into hellfire 
وَأَنْتُمْ تَفَلَّتُونَ مِنْ يَدِي And you guys are doing what? You're slipping away from my hand. And he's talking about us, the believers, not <laughs> the believers. He doesn't want us to regret on the day of Qiyamah. Right? Because he's witnessed the horrors of Jahannam. He, he witnessed the blessings of paradise. And he knows of the greatness of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so he doesn't want you to lose out. But shaitan does what? Distracts us. Tells you you've got time. Allah is merciful. Allah is forgiving. Absolutely. But it takes some commitment and some seriousness from our, our part. And so inshallah these two things are extremely important in these last few days of Ramadan. One is tawbah and istighfar. Seeking forgiveness from Allah so that uh, we leave or this month leaves uh, and we are forgiven. You know, how wonderful would it be that uh, on the day of Qiyamah you come and the month of Ramadan of 2022 is a witness for you, right? Because Rasul Hashim said that Quran and fasts will intercede on the day of Qiyamah. Either it is for you or against you. Right? And so if you have this Ramadan in your account, you know what? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is so, uh, uh, so great that we could have wasted this entire month and not done anything. Alhamdulillah, we haven't. Right? We haven't. All of us have, alhamdulillah, fasted to the best of our ability. We've taken care of our salawat. We've taken care of uh, staying away from as much haram as we can. So we've made the effort. But imagine that you didn't do anything throughout Ramadan. And the last moments, you know, the after Asr of that last day of Ramadan, you raised your hands and you said, Ya Allah, I am sincerely regretful and sorry for having wasted this month and not done any effort in order to gain your pleasure in this month. If you are sincere in that last moment, there could be five minutes left for that Adhan of Maghrib. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept it from you. All he wants is what? Be sincere. And in order to be sincere, you have to think to yourself, sit with yourself, give up the distractions, sit on your own, and think about your future and about your akhirah. And about your meeting with Allah. Allah says, You are going to stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on your own. Allah says, وَلَقَدْ جِئْتُمُونَ فُرَادًا Alone. As you were created the first time round. You will stand before Allah naked as you were born. Uncircumcised as you were born. Hungry, thirsty, fearful. Rasulullah says that when Jahannam is is brought out, people fall on their knees. Allah says in the Quran, Everyone falls to their knees. This is seeing Jahannam. Imagine when you stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is your... Jibreel alayhi salam, 
head when the Rasulullah saw him in his actual form, his head was beyond the heavens, beyond the sky, into the sky. His feet below the earth. He covered the horizon. 600 weeds. If he opens two of them, he covers everything between east and west. When he stands before Allah, he becomes like what? He reduces in size. He becomes like a small, tiny bird. Shakes out of fear and awe of Allah. And this is what? The greatest of angels doesn't commit any sin, does everything that Allah asks of him. And when he, when he comes along with Rasulullah you know, and they are traveling together until they reach Sidratul Muntaha, and Jibreel stops. Rasulullah says, you can't, you can't leave me here now. <laughs> you know, okay, if you leave me in Jerusalem on my own, I can figure it out, <laughs> right? Where is earth? I will ask people in this, that. Now you leave me here on my own. Is this a time to? Where a companion leaves his companion. He says, Ya Muhammad, 70,000 veils between me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If I was to approach, I will burn. Approaching one of them. And so you are going to stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You that, you know, five foot eight, 60 kilos, you're going to stand on your two little feet before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you are going to be questioned. You know. And it is either an announcement of success that is going to give you a satisfaction and happiness that will never be taken away from you eternally enjoying the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or it's going to be a regret and a sorrow that you can never get over unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of his mercy removes us from his punishment and so all it takes is what evaluate contemplate sit with yourself Allah is describing these things to us in the Quran he says, I am making you a truthful promise. And I'm not asking for much. And whatever I am asking for, it is within your capability. Ramadan has proven it. It's in your capability. And so it's not a lot what I'm asking of you. But shaitan is seeking to do what? To distract us and to lead us away. But he knows on the day of Qiyamah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, yesterday we were talking about this verse in Surah Ibrahim. When everything is finalized, Shaitan will stand. And he will say to people, you know, those who followed his way and listened to him. Your Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, made you a true promise. And I made you a promise, but I betrayed you. <laughs> you know, imagine 
one person betrays you, but you know when you say, you've betrayed me, you, you, you let me down. You say, no, 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 I didn't. <laughs> this one is an open, this is why Allah says he's an open enemy to you. <laughs> he's going to say it with a smile. Well, I didn't ask you. You listen to me. Allah made you the promise. He told you what is to come. But you didn't listen to him. You did not pay attention to that promise. But you listened to what I had to say. What is the promise of shaitan? He, he's got nothing to promise you. <laughs> what is it? What does shaitan, does shaitan have anything that he can give you? Allah is promising. We know that he is in control of the heavens and the earth. He can give. Right? He gives kingdom to whom he wills. Takes it away from whom he wills. Provision to whom he wills. Takes it away from whom he wills. Right? He gave Suleiman the, 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 the kingdom of, 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 the, of the world. On the other side, he gave Fir'aun and Namrud. So Allah has, his treasures are full. What is shaitan going to give you? Nothing. What is his promise? Shaitan only deceives. He'll tell you that you're going to enjoy yourself. It's okay for now. Afterwards, you will repent. Afterwards, you will be righteous. Huh? Allah teaches us this in what? Surah Yusuf. Then the brothers of Yusuf, what did they say? They say, get rid of him, and then we will be righteous after. Afterwards, we'll be very good people. We just need to get rid of this one. This little problem, obstacle. And so shaitan tells you the same thing. Look, and he beautifies something to you. He says, just do this. Once you're done with this, whether it's halal or haram, he, he doesn't care. You know, we, we shouldn't be fooled that shaitan is only seeking to make us do haram. He doesn't care about halal and haram. All he wants is you to be distracted. That's it. And so if he can distract you with disbelief, good. But if he can't, he'll distract you with sin. If he can't, he might even distract you with good deeds. He makes you focus so much on one small little deed. When you are missing out on great rewards, right? And he betrays you and says, I had no control over you. You followed me. So do not blame me. Why does he say do not blame me? He does on one extra punishment. He realizes that he's <laughs> he already has enough, right? Eternally in hellfire. And so he doesn't want to take blame for anything or anyone. He says, don't blame me. I can't help you. You can't help me. That's it. And so when you sit, you know, just now talking about it for moments, five, ten minutes, you think to yourself. And all the other great matters, things that you are focusing on in, in your life, that is not to say they are not important, but put them within the right perspective the right context we are going to leave this world sooner or later and it's actually a lot sooner than we think Allah says they see it as far away we see it as very close even if Allah allows you to live another 50 years mashallah in good health it is still very close to you it seems, oh, alhamdulillah, I got time. 
No, you don't. In comparison to what is to come. And so what it all comes down to is what? We are in this month of mercy, forgiveness, and gaining from the treasures of Allah. The doors of paradise are still open. The doors of hellfire are still closed. And Allah is wanting to save people from hellfire. And He wants to bestow His mercy and clemency and reward and blessing. But you have to deserve it and earn it. And so do a little bit extra. If you can't do extra, at least maintain what you have been doing. Right? And make dua and seek forgiveness. These two things. And last but not least, we know that zakat al-fitr is an obligation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it an obligation in order for us to do what? To remove the effect of our shortcomings in Ramadan. You know, we all have moments of weakness. Despite physically being fasting, we commit some sins. We uh, say things that we shouldn't do, say or do things we shouldn't do, or look at the things that we shouldn't uh, look at, or listen to things we shouldn't listen to. Uh, all of these things are what they decrease your reward. And so Allah Subhanahu wa Taala with Sadaqatul Fitr, He says, if you give this, you know, with the right intention and you fulfill this obligation, it is an obligation. Then I will forgive those shortcomings uh, in, during the fast, so that you can come with full reward. Inshallah of fasting this uh, entire blessed month. And so Zakatul Fitr or Sadaqatul Fitr is uh, um, estimated or we have put the price down at four pounds for every individual in your household. And it is compulsory on the person who is financially responsible for, for the household. Okay, For every individual, whether they are fasting, they are not fasting, doesn't matter whether they're adults or children. You count the heads and then you give that, inshallah tabarakah wa ta'ala. Uh, it has to be given before the Salah of Eid. There are boxes out here. You can donate it online. Uh, our charity, other charities, inshallah tabarakah wa ta'ala. Uh, please ensure that this is done. Right? Don't leave it because if you leave it too close to the day of Eid and you forget about it, then uh, a person will be sinful and they will not have fulfilled an obligation uh, likewise, those of us who usually give our zakat during the month of Ramadan and we haven't been able to uh, give it out yet, please ensure that you are giving your zakat because once Ramadan goes out and you haven't given it, uh, you know, it's difficult for a person to remember, right? And so we have to ensure that we are fulfilling our obligations to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if we want to gain the maximum, inshallah, azza wa jal.